Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. I'm a little Hi. raspy today, but I am Shenanis, and of course, I have the senior leadership of Torque New York, starting with Pastor Tony Cassis. Hello. Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> and Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we have been taking a little break from portals to attend to many, many fantastic things that have been happening in our church. And, of course, you can visit our website at torque.org to get all updates and links to all of the things that we've been doing for the month of October. But now we're in November, so no need to dwell in the past, and let's move forward with your course. Yeah, I'll start us off. Uh, tonight we kicked off uh, Kingdom Emotions, which is a 15-week course journey. Long, long course. Um, but a well-needed journey on just unleashing spirit-born Kingdom Emotions in our life. And me and Pastor Robin were just talking then. Um, we started off in the class by saying that, you know, a lot of our theology has been wrongly taught. We've held on to wrong theology about emotion and about God and about feeling. Um, we've allowed the church to teach us that God is stoic mm. and that he's not interested in feeling. Mm -hmm. And because we've believed that about him, we've negated our feelings oh in an gosh. ungodly way. And we've let our feelings lead us away from the spirit rather than into the spirit. Yeah. And um, something that is really, uh, I said before the break, just for our online listeners, um, what I said to our viewers and our listeners tonight was if something isn't lining up with God's character in the word of God for your present day life, what you believe and what you're holding to, then you need to change your theology. My goodness. And um, now but the key there is that you change your theology. You don't change theology. And a lot of people think, well, my experience is greater than, you know, this thing that I've learned, so therefore the theology must be wrong. No, the emphasis is on change your theology. That means change the ascribed patterns and principles that you believe have affected your life for success because they're obviously not working. But don't change established theology of the Word of God because... Pastor Wendell told us in a great sermon once, your experience has to come up to match theology, not bring theology down to meet your experience. So I thought that was really key for laying a foundation, and especially with everything we've learned about um, emotions, Pastor. You've been teaching us for years yeah. that God is, uh, you know, the, the five senses of the spiritual senses, yes. which are the emotions. But... The church through religion, we've just not been interested in that. But I think the important part here is changing theology. It's like how can you change? I don't care who held off what took the Bible and 
and took it away and hid it from us and we've never known the fullness of our Christianity. But I, I, I have to question that because my God's bigger than that. He can help me to see no matter what is written because his character will always come through if you long to see it, you see? Yeah, that's powerful. So changing our theology is like for that reason because we're not seeing God for really who he is but instead people can't see that. So they believe now that they have to... Um, change theology to say, well, we were missing out on that and that uh, makes it like, um, you know, uh, we've got to see the power within us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's all about, to me, you know, your power, uh, your dynamicness, your spiritualness and such like that but isn't this about seeing who God is? Yeah, wow. Funny enough, we said tonight in the course, there's a couple of approaches that, you know, we kind of put on our theology to, and it dampens it and it erodes it. We have that, that rationalistic approach, which is if it doesn't fit in my head, it can't be possible. Then we have that humanistic approach where, right, everything has to be about me centering around me, me helping God, me being able to do it, me knowing me as much as God, God, me showing God. Then we have that liberal theology that kicks in and that liberal kind of stench that wants to creep in that says, well, the accounts in the Bible are not, they're mainly myths. They're not relevant for today because they don't fit current environment and circumstance. So therefore, the liberal theology says, well, the Bible is just there as not even a framework. It's just there as a metaphor. Yeah. And I take those stories as the metaphors and I kind of, you know, change them and transform them to fit my narrative of today. And I, I yeah. use the example of, well, that's how we get, okay, a man can love a man in today's society because that's what today's society says is normal. And if we yeah. have that, that theology about the word of God, that it isn't apparent and it isn't present for today, then we will apply a liberal theology to it and we'll allow the enemy to rob that from us. Yeah. You know? And then the other one is, which is the one that we've been killing in portals for years now, the religion oh. kind of theology that says this is unattainable. And any time, I said to the class, any time we get a promise from God, any time we believe it to be unattainable, whether it's because it's a myth and it's not relevant, yep. whether it's because it's too untainable to do it with God, so I've got to do it by myself, or my performance isn't enough, that's the enemy robbing us and lying us out of our inheritance. But I think it's, it's something within, whereas the theology, changing theology is something that is being done on the outside. Yes, yes. You know, on the outside and and therefore circumstances and situations have to be affected by this in a very big way. Yeah. And so uh, instead of seeing it's something in 
us that needs to change to, to attain all that of God. We bring, oh, well, this was left out yeah. and we didn't get the truth about that. If we didn't get the truth about it, I, I know my God's big enough to make sure that if I'm looking for the truth, I'm going to get it no matter what. And you're referring to a lot of these YouTube theologians that are talking about there were scriptures that were held back from us, there were books of the Bible uh, yeah. that were held back. Well, There's, you know, things from the elements of the Old Testament that we, we've never understood and now we're just only beginning to understand. It's it. only going to add to what yeah. we already have. Yeah. It's not going to be the answer even with that. So I could believe that there were books held back from us. But they're not going to change me and my theology. It's only going to enhance what I already have. That's good. I know even in our, like we were bringing out like the sphere of social media, just these uh, young Christians, I say young Christians um, respectfully, they they come out with these the this theology that just never makes sense even the basic principles like we talked about this several pours ago about is jesus just the son of god and is or is he god like just the basic principles we're already arguing and you know dissecting and tearing apart through our logic and you were talking about that was the main thread of tonight's class was that rationality that just kind of constantly talks us out of the miracle yeah. in a sense and that was a big statement if you know for people listening rationality does talk us out of miracles yeah and and humanism talks us out of seeing a powerful god perform for for us his wonder yeah. like god wants to show us his wonder yeah and when we try to compete with that by thinking that we can help him along or as you've talked about you know we can know like he knows then it actually robs our life of supernatural power. Yeah. And we don't get to see the Lord be Lord. And, and that's, that's where the that's key, the saviour. That's where the saviour mentality is. Because saviour mentality is, you know, save me, save me but I can get me out of it and then I'll be good. Yeah. Not, I want to serve you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to lead every step. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's where I believe we've been talking about that savior mentality, God bringing us out of that. Because we're talking about clear intention tonight. I was about yeah. to ask you. <laughs> Just question. one thing, and that's, uh, and you know, um, we're heading in the right direction because this is all based on relationship with God. Mm hmm. It's based on fellowship and relationship and that which is going on outside. So just saying the books, books of the Bible were withheld. Okay, I can accept that and I can be blessed if they come out. But it's not going to change a thing for me except to enhance what I already have. Mm -hmm. But I'm finding that in this whole situation of Christians, they're, they're going off on tangents to do such things like Jesus marrying Mary. Yeah. 
Now this is ridiculous. And John F. Kennedy being the Christ, you know, the, com <laughs> the second coming of oh, Christ. Lord Jesus. You're going to have your enemies, and I mean when I say enemies, I mean evil, mm -hmm. laugh at you. And you want him to take you serious about your faith and that God wins. Yes, well, we all know God wins. He never lost. Right. He always wins. But you're not going to have anyone, you know what I mean, take you serious if you go off on that. And just yesterday there was a big laughing session going on between one group who are not, confessing Christ and going to a meeting and trying to infiltrate that meeting and bring out about, yeah, yeah, flying in your flying saucers. You see, all this, people are going to say, you know, don't take these guys serious. They're ridiculous. Look, they're talking about flying around to the White House in flying saucers or Mary, you know, marrying Jesus. There's many out there that are starting to go off on some of this. When and the enemy starts quoting you your theology, you know it's wrong. Oh, <laughs> same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. when he's talking to you about <laughs> what you believe, you better change you know, it. You should feel embarrassed. I'm you sorry. I have feel a good so look at it and change it. That better be a place where you go, wait. <laughs> why, <laughs> why are we on the same wavelength? Right. <laughs> and why are we laughing? Why are you laughing at me? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you should be fighting me. If yeah. I had the truth, you'd be attacking me. Exactly. Or, you know, wrestling against me, but you're laughing at me. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, that mm -hmm, that just burns my gears sometimes. And then, I mean, fortunately enough, it's like this, again, a social media reference of one person that I follow just been in, you know, Christianity a year and exposes all of the stuff that we know. And it's like, then why doesn't the more mature Christians get it if he could get it in a year, you know? And I know that's the Lord and taking him on his journey, but it's just... It saddens me for the church that, yet again, we have gimmicks like we've talked about several times with the apple breath. and uh, But we're not going to go there tonight. That's not what it's uh, about. Pastor, no, you were saying about just you one know, thing. The, one, the books aren't enough, but um, I'm reminded when the children of Israel were in Jesus exile. Jesus is enough. Yeah, exactly. When, when the children of Israel were in exile, they didn't have all of the laws of the prophets yeah. and the books of the prophets. They only had what those that had read and those that were scribes could remember because they were, you know, kept sacred. But yet God still revealed himself through that little bit of information See, to the people to remind them that he would bring them back to Jerusalem. He would establish their house once again. They didn't need all of the scroll. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need I it do. all there but in yeah. front of their face, you know. And so God will always make sure that we get the real version of him in every generation. Try it. You Why know? don't you share with us, Pastor? Yes, because no, Pastor we'd like Tony to has a very important announcement for our online Yeah, but that'll be next audience. on Sunday night. No, I'm not making it tonight. Oh, you've got to give them just a little bit because um, some people might not watch his, it. Change his position. That's I, as much I, as we're going to we go. say. I prophesied about being called Master pastor, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. I have nothing to say. No, <laughs> elaborate, no. Pastor no, Tony, on the children. They can what we just said about children going Egypt. to extremes and, and how I, um, that robs I'm, us. I'm not in the um, – I, I don't listen to a lot of stuff on TV or internet anymore. I really am <laughs> unaware of what, you know, that situation you brought up, Pastor. But I have heard some really weird the- theology coming forward in the, um, the so-called truthers movement. <laughs> they're, they're moving away from the anchor, which is the scriptures and their whole concept of the kingdom of God and how it's going to be manifest on earth is, is wrong. It's completely wrong. And so, again, truth to an extreme heresy. comes to heresy. So yeah. we've got to be very, very careful of that. And truth that is in question becomes a lie. Yeah. So the same truth that they want to keep questioning, mm. now they have to allow themselves to be questioned. Because otherwise it's yeah. just going to become, like you said, a heresy. It'll be an extreme truth. And um, you can have tons and tons of information and intel on you know, what people are doing, even presidents, but still be off track. Because you know, it doesn't impress God how much you know. Thank you, Jesus. That's very good. Yes, it's, it's your relationship with him. And again, all truth has to witness to Jesus Christ, nothing else. And he can find his way, the spirit of God. If there was such a mess here and a mess there and a mess there and a mess there, you think that blocks the Holy Spirit from finding his way through to where he needs to no. go? Not at all. He can find his way. He's not limited by man's mess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank God he's not limited. The only thing that gets blocked is us mm. receiving oh. it. But some of the like stuff him. Pastor was mentioning, like they're talking about extraterrestrials, flying saucers. <sighs> Um, lizard people, um, <laughs> call them demons, giants. Mate. All of these things need to be discussed theologically because they're trying to sort of witness that the Bible actually witnesses to these things. It does not, right? And again, it depends on their theological foundation. So we covered some of this in theology talks, but we'll probably talk a little bit more about aliens in another sitting of that program. But, um, you know, just off the bat, the Earth is the centre of the universe. There's no life anywhere else, right? At least that no life that God has revealed. And if it's important, he would have told us about it, right? And so this talk of aliens... It's really a demonic deception. It's a, a detour. Right. It's the imagination of man gone south. Right. And no offence to anyone south of New York. <laughs> but um, It's a real detour. You know, um, Jesus came to earth to redeem humans on earth, not the whole universe. Yeah. Because there is no life anywhere else. Right. Because yeah. then you have the question that you have, have to ask to go that to question. Every planet and every star. Yeah, why didn't Jesus go to Mars and die to <laughs> or Venus? Die there, but or Uranus. This is this is stupid. This is stupid <laughs> theology. But I we I know we're going off this subject, but my question is, as a minister, right? As I do a study on God in divinity, 
That's where my doctorate is in that. And I study God and I think, why isn't Jesus enough? Why isn't Jesus enough? Why do we have to add to, to him to make him enough? Does he have to be married? And that I'm now talking to you. Whoa, and I'm saying it straight out. Does that make it better if he's married to Mary? He never married because of who he is. But it doesn't make sense that you would add that to make him enough. Do you so understand? Yeah, what's the significance of It's a heresy of because, I mean, since days of old, they've been accusing the Lord of having an affair with Mary Magdalene, right? That's right. Um, it's just the human mind and spirit going crazy again. That's uh, Jesus Christ superstar. Yes. That all came out with yep. that. Yep. Oh and goodness. God's spell, they all portrayed yep. Jesus all and Mary came Magdalene. Out with that. So just to clarify, when Pastor mentioned Mary, she meant Mary Magdalene. Yeah, Mary not, Magdalene. Not the mother of Jesus. Oh, some no. Sickles, <laughs> what are we going to go into? Incest next. Oh, right, probably. I was just about to oh, say. Oh, my Lord. But I wasn't trying to say it out loud. No, 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 no. Mary Magdalene. <laughs> I um. I mean, similar to, well, what our thread is, is his, the Lord's clear intention. And I think we don't believe he has a clear intention. And this is why we make up so much stuff to justify that is no possible way anybody can have one. But he does. It's, it's truly ridiculous. It really right. is. You know, um, Jesus. Make the main thing the main thing. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, Jesus himself looked at the Pharisees and he said, who among you accuses me of sin? Right. No one did. Mm. No one did. He was never alone with women, ever. And because the custom in those days was that, like, preachers, ministers would travel together, like, you know, with genders apart, men with men, women with women, that accusation never came forward. And then again, Hollywood's tried to spin Jesus having homosexual relations with the apostles. But that what else would you expect from Satan's Hollywood? Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's what, what else channel. Would you expect? It's channel. Mm. So the Antichrist is going to be a blasphemer of God. I mean, really, really bad. This is just a precursor to that. Mm. You know? So, yeah, but um, it concerns you when it... <coughs> It concerns us when, when Christians, yeah, when Christians start, um, you know, endorsing these kind of, you know, doctrines. and it breaks my heart it's because Lucifer's version I of Jesus. saw how they love the Lord, yeah, but they add to the Lord, yeah, and when they add, they lose the power of who He is, and they got to keep saying all the time, "God wins, God wins." <laughs> God never lost. Never so lost. why do we have to keep saying God wins? They're reminding themselves because they really don't this believe is it. The I mean, key. I, I understand they the don't hope. believe it. There's a, there's a day of judgment where God will punish the wicked, right? Yeah. If that's what they mean, that he wins in the end, for sure, right? He has the last say. It's not that he wins in the end. He has the last say. Yeah. 
as to the eternal destiny of the souls of men. But funny enough, when you're but assured... When you're assured of something, you don't need to keep repeating it over and over again. But the whole thing is he's already won. He's just going to take the victory of of his winning. But like you said, why do we have to keep reminding ourselves all the time? There's something that we need to get fixed up within ourselves if we have to keep reminding ourselves all the time. Read the book. He wins. Read the book. Read the back of the book. You'll hear it. He won. In the beginning, he won. Amen. Not at the end. I think Shanae is trying to tell us. And well, you know what? Don't make it obvious. I got to be Sorry, Shanae. I, I get low, on to this I know and I know it. Think I know it. Good. I know it. I know it. We're going to take a quick break and we can jump back in if we need to. Okay? Hallelujah. We'll be right back. And we are back. But we don't have to remind you because we know it already. <laughs> but, Sinead, why you got a T-shirt on? Can you see everybody on this panel is showing that it's cold and you, you're showing that She's it's sizzling summer? From the really? I am burning up up here. I'm so delirious. It's hot. Oh you know? My. I can't function when it's hot. I You're just don't like it. I don't like it. Unapologetic. That's what I thought you were talking about my shirt at first. Anywho, nah. as you see, yeah, we have switched Pastor Tony out. He did not evolve. Don't start with your theology. <laughs> he didn't evolve into a woman. <laughs> Very tired. So he did his part. Yes, he and did he his needed bit. to leave. And now we have Pastor Nally, which. You know, Did you, you can hear the pastor word more often in front of Natalie's name, but she is the wife of Pastor Nathan. <laughs> Welcome to the Portals Podcast. Thank you. So before the break, we were starting to, you know, move on from the theology talks because we do have shows of thought theology talks that you guys can watch that will talk about more of these instances. But as Pastor Robin was already saying, like it just really stirs her and break a heart to see believers that truly love the Lord, but don't think Jesus is enough. Um, Well, don't know that Jesus doesn't know. That's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference, you know, and, uh, I know they absolutely love the Lord, mm. you know, and I couldn't fault that. But uh, if they had not added, it would have been more powerful. Yeah. And we were just kind of dissecting, like, the thread of this is uh, a portion of Pastor Nathan's teaching, which was we were establishing that the Lord has clear intention for us. And I think we second guess that so much because of our experiences have taught us that you know you got to judge someone's intention which we already know you're supposed to be doing that um but you know we have this reasoning aspect this rationale about us that says well what is your intention if you love me what is your intention what is your motive can i trust it and it's all this assessing and i must say i fall 
uh, into that a lot when I'm working with relationships where that that assessment, like, oh, what do you want from me? Or, oh, are you going to use that against me? And I, 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 I mean, it's a lot of head work to do that, to be honest, because it's just a lot of overthinking that I don't need. Yeah. And fortunately enough, this course is going to help me get out of it. So, Dr. Pastor Nathan, oh, look, Soon. look I'm, Soon. I'm Soon. putting it into Soon. your cells. Yeah. You see how you yeah. taught us? I I'm practicing. It. Yeah, yes, put it to yourself. You're getting there before you're thinking. Claiming it. Um, yeah, no, tonight we talked about a lot of things. We talked about, you know, um, establishing a good foundational framework for releasing kingdom emotion. Pastor was there and she wanted us to talk on clear intention because um, the Holy Spirit led it in a bit of a direction to tie it into prophecy and to understand how... Yeah, his intention. Yeah, how clear. prophecy is actually really... A lot of us, and, you know, I said to the class myself, we've all despised prophecy. We have. We have let the word of God become despised because we've believed that it's just dangling carrots in front of our face. Yeah. And we've believed the lie that God... Or empty words. Yeah, God wants to give us hope goals without fulfilling them. That's you know? it. And um, what I said to the class is that we actually don't realise that faith is God's intention to perform a miracle. Yeah. So not your intention... God's intention. There's the key. So that's clear. Yeah. And this is this is what's really key to something to do with this being so powerful is that when you couple clear intention with heightened emotion, you yeah. get a greater response. Yeah. Now, physically, I didn't give the class this example, but there was a scientific experiment and they put they put 10 cleaning ladies in a hotel room and they said clean the room. Right? And so they cleaned the room. And then they measured their, you know, their health. And they said, okay, yeah, you've lost about, you know, certain amount of pounds. But the moment they told the cleaning ladies, I want you to clean the room with the intention of losing weight. They measured. And the intention married to the emotion and the passion behind the intention actually facilitated more weight to be lost. So what does that teach us? That teaches us that when God is saying something, he's giving us his clear intention to move on our behalf. So that's active. Yes. And therefore that means, like you were saying tonight, that means that you grab that. Yes. You grab that. And, and it primes you. And it primes you, but your body grabs that. Your body grabs that and it says, okay, kick into gear. Yeah, if you kick align. into gear. See, if we, if we allow God's word and his revealed word in the prophetic word to be a revealing of his intention, remember faith is his intention to perform the miracle. So this is where it comes back to not I, but who lives, but Christ who lives in me, the abiding reality. Because the Lord says, you know, my son, my daughter, I'm going to do this. Okay, immediately what we do is we go to what Dr. Robbins taught us. We go to the noise. We go to the dead works, you know. And what we have to establish from the get-go is that this is God's intention to perform his miracle. This is God's miracle. It's not even your miracle. It's God's miracle. And so when, he, when we get that intention from him, then we can position our emotional state in a place to align with that intention. 
Now, what that does is that puts us in a place and primes our body to release supernatural healing power. And 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 it's like it's a it's like it's a what I said to the class tonight is scientifically, you're going to learn, and we we're learning in this class, but psychologists will teach you that scientifically, your mind doesn't know the difference between an experienced reality or a thought reality. Meaning I can think right now, I'm going to go down to the diner and eat a hamburger. This is the reality of it, right? If I can condition and teach my mind that I believe that that is what I'm doing in my mind's eye right now, that will literally become the reality of my body. And sooner or later, I'll start to taste the hamburger. I'll, ta- I'll start to smell the fries. <laughs> I'll, start to, I'll start to taste the drink until my body says, right, I can't take this any longer. Now I need to go to the diner, right? And that's a lot of time what happens with cravings. You have convinced yourself so much so that you need that thing that your body says, right, I can't stay in this state of it being a thought reality. It has to become a, a literal experience reality. Real reality. And this is what's happening right now, funny enough, with Facebook, with this meta thing. They're trying to take thought reality and capitalize on people's need for it to move beyond thought reality to experienced reality. So they, they're changing it into the world of virtual reality. And it's, it's such a big counterfeit. Right? So the body, the brain says, right, I don't know a, a lived experience different from a thought experience. So why that is important is because with clear intention, I can say to my brain, okay, I know God's intention to perform this and now I'm going to align myself in thankfulness and gratitude and I'm going to secure that future tense word as a present tense promise already fulfilled. And so now I couple my emotion with his intention to do it. And now I start to actually, by coupling my emotion, I begin to turn on things in my body that if I didn't necessarily know the clear intention of, I would have to wait to get to that moment in the future. So what this means is the Lord says, I want to heal you, right? I'm going to heal your body of this. So now I begin to believe it so much so and I begin to adapt it as it is already fulfilled in my life as my reality. My brain says, hang on, hang on. I'm experiencing the thoughts of being healed. I'm experiencing these thoughts. I'm experiencing these patterns. But but they're not made up thoughts. But they're not made up thoughts. They're not made up thoughts. You know, when when we go through things like that, we, we sort of push it to make them up. They're facilitated from the spirit. There it is. Yes. Can we like go on this, the movement part of that, if that's okay? Because I think that also the movement starts to uh, distort. I'll say, no, it won't. Let me not rephrase. I'm trying to be careful how I rephrase this. I believe sometimes, even in my own personal journey, when I start to experience that movement, I start to do exactly that. Like, oh, are these thoughts just conjured up out of nowhere? Or is this action as a result of the Lord? Because you said we wouldn't be moving forward without prophecy being in our lives in the first place. It's like a 
well, a, a tool to... I like to... It's a stirring within you. Yes. It's, okay. it's a... You need to, like, um, you know, meditate. When I say meditate, I mean chew yes, it over. Mm -hmm. Let it chew, swallow it, regurgitate it, and chew it again in, in a spiritual sense. But the way the opposite to that is, you know, um, pumping it up. You know, like we pump the music up to yeah. make it more hype. It, that's what's happening out in the Christian world, yeah. you know, to make it entertainment. We pump it and pump it. But this pumping it's not a spiritual thing. It's a fleshly thing. Okay. And so is it if you have to keep on pumping up these thoughts and thoughts and pumping them up. It's just meditating on it is the key for it to sit in your spirit, then come back up, then go back down into your spirit again and go on that form of journey so that it becomes you, a part of you. And, and you can't do anything but flow in that river that's coming from you. Mm. And Pastor, it's like um, something that, you know... Um, most women will know well is that it's it's the same in the birthing process we talked about the kingdom law of reproduction right so if the mother doesn't have clear intention in the labor in the labor process to get to the other side of delivery the body does not turn on so the moment the mother kicks in and says right i'm having this baby science will tell you there are certain hormonal changes that kick in. Yeah. And this is why I believe personally, and you can, this is just not, and against anyone, this is my own personal belief. This is why I believe epidurals are so dangerous beca because, and it's no, no slide on anyone that's had them, but what they do do is they rob, they rob the you. mother of having that passion through pain, because pain, here we go, will lead to passionate response to pain. See, pain is the body's professional response to kick you into doing either fight or flight. So, again, spiritually, pain is the passionate response in life to push you into a corner to yeah. come out fighting. So when the mother feels the pain, she either has to say, right, I can live with this pain, or she has to say, I can't live with this pain anymore. And I have to now be passionate and clearly intent on getting through this and getting to the other side. Yeah. Can you confirm that, Pastor Natalie? Go ahead, like, Matt. Give me a second. <laughs> go, go, go. I was, I was nervous too about taking any kind of painkillers. Like, I know it's you can do it, but my own insecurity or, or weakness is that if I know I can relax with something, that I won't push, I won't try hard. Yeah. So if I knew I knew where my body was at with the pain, then I could flow with it and I, I knew what was happening. Okay, just keep going with it where and going boys? with it. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, that's why I was kind of like hesitant to take anything until absolutely necessary. Yeah. Because I want to know what my body is telling me so that I'm aware of what process I'm at yeah. in that stage of delivery. And I'm not having a go at anyone that's had epidurals. No, yeah. But no. holistic pra but practitioners and midwives <laughs> will tell you it is a lot harder for a woman that's had an epidural because now she can't feel that pain. All she feels is the numbness. And even the doctors, when they're saying bear down, push, 
you know, the midwives push, she can't feel the pressure and the passion of the push. So she doesn't know. So she's not cooperating with well, a, her body isn't responding a, a godly in the way. thing yeah. that God gave to the body. Yes. I know. I've had epidurals. Yeah. And and uh, it, it's exactly that. It becomes a numb experience. It's exactly that. Yeah. And it's like, all right, your body's doing something and the the, the nurse has to tell you, push now. Yeah. You're, you're going into a contraction, but hang on a minute. I don't feel anything. Out of the flow yeah. kind of. And so you're out of uh, timing with your body. You're out of timing. And rhythm. With the rhythm of your body. It's just out of timing. Yeah. And to tie it in spiritually, God, when he's birthing something in us, he delivers his clear intention so that we can passionately push with his spirit. But the moment that we start to question the intention or we start to go against it, we start to be like the epidural and we become numb. And, and that's when the fight becomes very hard because we feel like we're fighting a never-ending war. Or doubt creeps or in. Or doubt creeps in. Oh, say what you're going to say. Very powerful. Yeah, doubt can creep in too. And a lot of Christians are walking around feeling like they're numb. They've got no passion for life. They've got no passion to get up. They've got no passion to go out into the world. They've got no passion to be in the church. Why is that? Because they haven't believed God's intention to perform the miracle. Yeah. And I think the key to all this, the key to all this, this is something going from within you. It's something that you get the reality of within you. Where is it coming from? It's coming from deep within you. And and like rivers of living water, yeah, yeah. it will flow out of you. It will not flow into you. Wow. Wow. Say that again. I said it will, like rivers of living water, it will flow out of you, not into you. Mm. Yeah, your waters will break. But do you get what I'm saying spiritually? Yeah. You will be flowing in that river. Yeah. So if you're meditating, if you're chewing it over, if you're re letting, because the process is, it's not a work that you have to do. It's a part of the process that God's made that you chew it over you meditate on it, you regurgitate it, you chew it over, you swallow it, you regurgitate it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? One, two, three processes here. You know, whatever way it goes first, there's no, you know, one area that it had to be all the time. Chew it over, maybe meditate on it. Maybe regurgitate it, whatever one comes first, depending on how quickly it went in. You see what I'm saying? So therefore, this is not a work of the flesh. This is not something that you have to get into your head. It's something that's got to come out of your spirit. Yeah. Mm. And, and the problem with rationality that we um, talked about is... See, the moment you make a judgment on some, something or someone, you will never, ever see the real intention behind it. 
Mm. So uh, we as people, yeah. we make judgments on each other all the time. You could say something to me and I could judge you totally wrong and that would be my perception of what you're saying and, and who you are as a person. But yet, you probably don't mean it that way. Yeah. But the moment I've made that preconceived judgment in my head, I will not be trusted to see the real intention because mm. the effect of what you've said has become more greater to me than the input of what you've said. Mm. And this is what God is trying to show to us. He's saying, when I reveal my clear intention to you about your words in the future and your prophecies and my plan to be fulfilled, you're getting sidetracked, my child, by the effect of not having it right now. Ooh, Rather ooh. than the input of what I'm actually saying to perform it for you, through you, in you, which should stir so much passion and emotion up for life that it only can but overwhelm you and then cause you to act out of that passion. See, a lot of us have still not got reconciled in our head that God wants to do it. And we haven't got reconciled that there is an intention of God. This is it. Right? When he speaks over it, over us in a, in a prophetic utterance. It's not arbitrary. It's not for the sake of speaking. It's not for the sake of speaking, but it's for his intention. He is trying to tell us he intends to do something and he wants us to be clear about it. Wow. And then, Pastor, this is why we think we understand what he's saying and we build these great movements and then we get into our prayer closet and we spend hours trying to convince him to do it. Yeah. Because deep down, we don't know that he wants to do it more than we want to do it. And if that's the case, go ahead. What's the key? The key is start to allow this to go from here down into there, regurgitate, come back up, go back down until it flows out of us what God's real intention is. It's a very clear intention. Prophecy is all about clear intention of God to do something, say something, be something, have something. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's a clear intention. What do we think prophecy is? Do we think it's like a magic wand? Do you think it's like a Christmas present? What do we actually think it is? Mm. Wow. It's God's clear intention to speak to us about something. Something of the past, something of the present, or something of the future. Mm. We're going to go after this year. We're going to go on a quick break. But I just want to leave the listeners with what we just said, because that just hit me so much about his clear intentions so guys i suggest you listen to that portion again this segment again until we come back do you get what i said yeah
seen. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, well, even though we were going on break, it couldn't be a long break because the flow is going for us. Coming from within, Dr. Robbins, coming yes, from within. Coming and it's coming from out, within. not on the outside. See, I was listening. Not going in, but coming from <laughs> within. Yeah, I think two things, even in saying that, that just landed on me is just that intention part is so real that, I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. The reality of, um, just kind of figuring out even my own self, like just figuring out where I am. And I think that's the stumbling portion is like believing his intention is clear to tell you ahead of time and not for you to pick and assess, like you said, like that dangling care, like, oh, well, I don't want to hear about that. Or why won't you tell me something about my future? It's like, hello, I'm trying to tell you about something that will help you now, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I lead take it to a future. Yeah, that will lead and it. And I think that just stood out to me is just understanding that he wants to share this information with us as a privilege. Because just before you said that, I'm sh I had some version of it. I don't know what exactly it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a privilege to hear prophecy other than like yeah. despising it all the time. Yeah. Like I can't do it or measuring myself against the prophecy. Um, so that just stood out. Well, well that's what, uh, news should be all about. Yeah. You know, uh, we have so much ridiculous news going on around us. And what's the intention of that news to lead mm. you in the wrong direction? You see? But it's supposed to be to make sure you have the truth. Yeah. yeah. That should be the clear intention of newspapers and and, uh, you know, different um, shows, you mm -hmm. know. I won't mention names, but <laughs> different, you know, TV shows, you know. But we don't get that. Mm. So you understand what I'm saying? So if you could see that for that, then, uh, Pastor, I'm of the opinion that people have no idea truly what the prophetic spirit's work really is and yeah. what it attains, what it ha has to do, where it brings you, what part of your life it's involved with. It's not just a word. Yeah. God intends clearly to say something. Yeah. And we don't see it like that. Yeah. We see it like a, I don't know, magic wand. Or I think you said one <sighs> of the scriptures in your course, uh, Spare Parts, you actually used one of these translations when you talked about Jeremiah um, 1.4, where he says, you know, before you were even an intention of my heart, yes, I knew you and I formed you. Yes. And I think that's so powerful because it shows just how much solidified we were in him. I Before try. he even intended to release us into our physical expression upon the earth, he already formed us in his heart. Mm. And so, and this is where I want to come to now, shaping it. See, I think our passion from, we, we say to God, I'm not passionate about life. I'm not passionate about getting out of bed. You know, I've right. got no passion. I've got no zeal. That's because you're trying to conjure passion from 
external. Something external. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're trying to get passion to prove to God that he should do it. Oh. It's all about proving, mate. You're not getting passion from understanding that God wants to do it. You you're know leaving? what I'm saying? You're not <laughs> like all of these people on YouTube, they're trying to prove oh, yeah, yeah. that it needs to be done. But they don't have the intention of God solidified in them so much that their passion for whatever they're chewing to expose comes from that. It's like God wants us to solidify faith is God's intention to move and perform a miracle. That's clear intention. Without that, you can't have passion to let him be Lord of your life. So, right, go ahead, hit that one. So my question, my thing is here. That prophecy is God's way of speaking what he intends clearly to do. And if we would let that... You can hit that one. If we would let that conjure up some Holy Spirit passion from within us, like you said, from within, to see, wow, God, you spoke this over... You want to do this so much... You want to walk into that mountain so much. You want to walk through my life so much so that you want to reach those people like that. You want to yeah. reach my family so much so. Yes. There's your passion. And there, and then it's uh, you've got your heart so broken for that person and um, I need to see that because – my heart needs to be broken for that person like your heart yeah. is broken for that person. And that's where com, passion. Com is the, you know, the prefix Common. in Latin meaning with. Yeah. It means with passion. Yeah. So with passion, compassion comes. So this is what I was trying to get through to the class tonight. Our passion for life, we're trying to get externally through the five senses. Yeah. And then we're trying to prove to God through the five senses yep. that he should fulfill his word. And rather than letting his word be the gravitational force, I say gravitational, be the density for all those others out there, that is building upon, our, that our life is literally building upon saying, Lord, I know that you want to do this so much so that it is now impassioning me to align with your will in every area of my life. I know that you want to redeem America so much so. So I know that, you know, my heart's got to be in tune. My mind's got to be in tune. My mouth's got to be in tune. I know that there's a reformation coming from the church because this is your church and you have intended to move. So it comes I down to... I see this to pastor every time we talk. She always comes back to, I know that God wants to move. And my you know, statement is... Um, that the thing that really moves with me is I know that God hears the children's yes. voices and his heart is broken and he intends to move. And that's clearly what I know. Yeah. And so all we have to do here is allow the Lord to show us his clear intentions here. We have to see prophecy as something that is a movement of God. It's a movement. It's a movement. He moves through speaking. He moves through speaking. He moves through speaking and creating. You see, we don't 
he does. He moves through that. And so what we have to do is see, we don't have to do anything to try and make him move. Yeah. We have to actually allow ourselves to believe the scriptures yes. that says he sees things that aren't as if they are. And prophecy is his memory. And it's his memory, all right. So if prophecy is his memory, then it's already fulfilled. He's already done it. Right. Well, he does. It and, says we're, and we're only him. just coming, you know, you say it all the time, our steps are not being ordered, are already ordered. Yeah. You know? And so pro oh, prophecy sorry. being his memory, mm -hmm. it, what's memory? Is it something coming up? Or something that's already happened. Oh. Ring the bell. I love I love talking about this because I feel like in my life I've had like I've had a clear a clearness a clear intention from the Lord in my life that's He has clearly to me directed the way that my life has gone. But then the other side of it is once you have that clear intention, then you realize the enemy's attacks. Yes. On that intention, and that what that causes you, like you we were saying, to do with the fight in the delivery and stuff like that. The when you feel that fight or the attacks of the enemy, that pain is what makes you push forward and makes yep. you want to because you have such that clear intention of the Lord gives you the passion to fight, yeah. And you get the, the, the fighting spirit in you because it's like I had to learn, like very early, even in my teens, that I had to fight for what I knew God's intention for me was, mm. even um, personally and in relationships, that the only way to get through to the other side was to fight. The only way yeah. to get through to the other side was to go against what my feelings were, what my thoughts were. And that's what um, that passion was that really stirred in me yeah. as, a younger, as a younger girl. And you just hit it on the head about that Jesus okay. said to the disciples, paraphrasing, I intend to take you to the other side. Yeah. Mm. My intention, just know, right before any storms come, before mm. any trials come, before yeah. any any tribulation, any noise, mm. my intention mm. clearly is to get you to the other side. And that's the key. Yeah. That was the key. Mm -hmm. But this is what they didn't believe it. And because they didn't believe it, in the moment of testing, they forgot it. But... Can you see that, Isn't that was crazy? Not yeah. one of not one of those disciples stood up in the middle of the storm and said, "Hang on, didn't he say he would get us to the other side?" Yeah, this is what I was gonna say. He told them beforehand, and when God's telling you His clear intention, He'll tell you beforehand. Prophesied to them. Yeah, I love it because I love. Okay, this is. I love this is about Jesus because you know when he talks, when he when he speaks, it's rock solid. Yeah. So you can trust whatever he's saying, and it, it has to be truth. And if it's not truth, then like we're all gonna fall. So it, I hold on to it as solid truth, and you have to in order to get to the other side. Whereas with people, it's a different situation. It's like you can take it, but then you have to trust God in that person with what's going on. But with God, yeah. no matter what He says, it but has to be it. But, but you have to come back to this, Nat, you know. You have to come back to he tells you beforehand. Mm -hmm. That's his intention, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? It's clear. 
What's our part to play? Believe it. To believe it and remember it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And see, again, I go deeper because why didn't they believe it? Because at this point, they had not accepted that he yeah. was who we said he was. Yes, yeah, so there it is. So, so there was a predisposed yeah. judgment mm-hmm. yeah, in their there head it is. which cut them off from his real intention because after that they said, who is this? Exactly. That even the wind and the waves obey would him. obey him. That was culture shock to them. Mm-hmm. They're like, hang on, this ain't no cute little Messiah thing. You know, some healer. Hang on, real this deal. is the water this even is, obey This is him. the Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hello. And even in that, he turns around to them and he says, 12 baskets are there full of scraps. Yeah, I was going to say that. Can you not how remember what I you? just did? Yeah. How many of you how are in the boat? How many of you? 12 in the boat. One for each disciple. One for each To remember disciple. who I am. And My that clear was, intention. That was the memorial stones in a way because when he got them to gather up the basket of uh, what was left over with the fish yeah. and the bread... Put it in the boat, put it in their basket, put it in the boat. They had no intent. They didn't understand that he had one basket for every single disciple. Why didn't he have 10? Why didn't he have 14? He had 12. 12. And that was his intention clearly to show them, look what I have done. Check yourself. Have a look. Where have you just come from? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Look. Look where you've just come from. I did this miracle. This is your memorial stones. One of those baskets belonged to you. So you will remember. And that's my intention of getting you to gather them. Wow. Not only they was going to go to the upside and live, they was going to be fed. Oh, Lord Jesus. Because they said to the Lord, the people are hungry. And he said to them, well, you've got something, feed them. Feed them. You know? But those were there to say to them, don't you remember yeah. What I did with the fi- with the people, yeah. don't you remember? I yeah. said I would take you to the other side, but again, because of predisposed judgment, yeah. they could not be trusted with real intention. Wow. So again, let's go down and pull it apart a bit and say, well, why put twelve baskets in there in the middle if he didn't intend to get them to the other Whoop! side? Right, because they would have had to throw those baskets overboard. My God. And he would have wasted it. No, he's not. Wasted time. Oh, my He had it all planned from the beginning. And that's what he intended to do. And that was to show them that he had intended to do that from the beginning. Yep. To get them to the other side. To put the baskets in there so they'll never forget it. Can we can we stay on this this little, this flow here if you don't mind? Because this just reminds me of times where we've got the word, we're in the middle of this word coming to pass and a storm comes, right? Say if we hit a what we would consider a rock bottom. We don't we lost our job in the middle of you know, performing whatever the Lord is saying. I'm using my terms lightly here. 
Um, what is it? How do we prevent ourselves from going to that place of I'm back at rock bottom again can and I going back? Can I just bring something out quickly and then you can, you'll get an idea? Wow. Uh, Kim said Karen's word for November, remember. Oh, wow. Mm. Come on, Karen. Remember. Karen. Karen is a gem. And that's exactly what we're talking about now. And what is God asking now. us to remember? Yeah. This is what I think the Lord is using I'm all of this it. prophetic I'm to bring it. together. He's not asking us to remember what he's like. Okay, he's asking us to remember what he said, but he's asking us to remember why he said it. Mm. Well, I, I can give a testimony on that without going into major detail. Today, I, I spent a day because I heard that situation to do with, you know, even the enemy was laughing at the truth tellers mm -hmm. because it went right off. Mm -hmm. And they lost the power of their their witness, mm -hmm. you see, in a way. So I went upstairs and I sat down and 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 usually I, when I watch my TV, I'm watching different podcasts that I lock in. Right, I tune in, but this one was just put on something upstairs, and I'm going, why am I watching this? I know this. You know, I found myself watching something. And I went, I remember this. I, here's my word. I remember this. And, and the Lord, at the end of it, just said to me, I, put, I wanted you to hear it so you would remember it. Mm. Why did I allow it? Why did it happen? And then he started asking me questions about, this actual um, podcast that I was watching. And he kept saying to me, you need to remember this was not all in vain. This was for a reason. Mm. And I went, wow. So in showing me that, you had me remember the situation and what took place. And that it wasn't just for that day. Yeah. It hadn't been finished. It needs to be finished. Other words, leave it in the air and great consequences could come. And death could come to families and such like that. And I went, okay, I'm getting it, Lord. Wow. Mm. I'm getting it. I'm getting what you say. Remember. And I'd forgotten about Karen's word, mm. but Kim remembered. Mm. And you know what's funny to go back to you to, to say, why do we fall off that 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 momentum? Mm -hmm. I believe that the Lord showed me when I was doing this course and this clear intention thing. Um, we're very quick to believe God's power, but we're not quick to believe His intention. Mm. Because Very good. his intention requires... Because See, look, if I say to you, if we're having an argument, I always bring it back to the practical. If we're having an argument and I say to you, that's not my intention, babe. Yeah, it helps a lot, actually. But what am <laughs> I, I, what I'm, a synonym for that would be, that's not my character. Yeah. That's not who I am. Mm. Trust in who I am. Yes. Mm. Know that my intentions are pure. Yeah. And see, 
for those that are struggling. Oh, I don't know how many times I've said that. Exactly. Ooh. Like, you know, why can't you give me the benefit of the doubt? And the Lord is saying that to his people. Yeah. Why can't you give me the benefit of the doubt? That, that, that is one of my biggest, biggest statements to any of my family. Yep. Trust yes. the character I am. Yeah. You know, but you were bringing out, you, you made a statement wow. just a, a little minute ago. You said something about... They don't trust his intentions, but they trust his power. Yes. Yeah. Well, power always has a sign. Exactly. Yeah. This is mm. this is what I wanted to say. Whereas intentions, intentions has to have change. But also, if you trust his intentions, it means you have to trust his quietness yeah. in your life. Yeah. Because intentions are from the heart. And see, this is what I'm saying to people that are out there, especially dealing with this thing. Particularly, we have a lot of people going through, you know, conflicting stuff to do with workplace and jobs. It is nothing for God to get you another job no. in a heartbeat. I'm going to say this in faith. It's nothing for God to get you another job. The trial is for, for you to believe that God... Wants to give you another job. Not he can do it. He wants he to wants do it. He wants to do it. <laughs> Not he might do it. He wants to do it. This it is intention. It comes down to um, wants and can. Yeah. You know? Wants to do it brings really something that you can't just leave sitting there. You have to swallow it. You have to meditate on it. You have to chew it over. You have to regurgitate it. And Pastor, can I quickly but tie in? Wait, wait. But can do it? You don't regurgitate. You don't swallow that. Ooh. You don't regurgitate that. You don't meditate on that. You can put that one in. And Pastor, to add what we talked about in Kingdom Emotion, if I regurgitate, that he wants to do it over and over again, I become primed, primed. for my body to actuate the miracle yeah. because I stir future emotions of thankfulness and gratitude so much so, Lord, I am so thankful that you want to give me this job. Lord, I am so thankful that you want to give me this, this word. You want to give me that, that relationship. You want to give me that breakthrough. Then the enemy can't throw at you anything because thankfulness has become your security and your praise and your covering. So now these emotions of thankfulness begin to stir. Like I said, the body doesn't know a lived reality different from a thought reality. So now you start thinking in the reality of, yeah, Lord, you want to do this. And it's already done. It's already done in my life. And you start securing it in your emotions. Yeah. Now when you walk into that job interview, now when you walk into that next place, you're so confident, you're so ready for it, boom. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. yeah. And I think Not it, walking in like, oh, Lord, please give it to please me. Please be with me. I'm not me. sure if you want to be with me today. I'm not sure if this is it. I'm not sure if you want to give me this opportunity. I'm not sure if it's time. I'm not sure if I haven't done enough. Maybe I, maybe I messed up last week. You know, you're so assured of it that what we talked about tonight, that gratefulness has primed your body yeah. for the miracle. This is what Abraham did. And, yeah. and the thing is, as I said, get a practical on this. 
it means this river of living water yes. comes forth and, and absolutely floods every part of you. From your spirit to your soul to your body. When rivers come out and they flood, they don't leave any place without being, you know, covered, you know. And so that river of living water just starts pouring out of you because you have meditated, you have chewed it over, you've regurgitated it. Now it just is, can't regurgitate it anymore because this time it's just flowing and it's hitting your soul and it's hitting your body and it's hitting your heart and your yep. mind and wow. it's hitting every part of you and you go, that's his intention. I get it, God. I get it. And then you start confessing it. I get it. Yes. I get it. I get it. You know, because your body's got it. And then you start confessing it. I get what, I get your intention. I get your clear intention of what you wanted. I get the why. I get the why. Yeah. Wow. We're going to take a short break. Check in with our live audience. Say hello to a few people. See if there's a few questions and we'll be right back. First and foremost, I want to come back on and say, if you are not enrolled in kingdom emotions... Pastor Nate, tell them, tell the people how so they can good. enroll in it. Even if they miss this semester, we have soap online now. Yeah, we Introduce do. it to the people because so, they um, got to hear this. So at the end of November, we're going to be launching it for our international students online. We're just giving our – it, 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 it runs differently because obviously we're doing it in person every yeah. week. It's, li yeah. it's different. It's, it's scheduled. Mm -hmm. But online – just because of the time difference, it'll be pre-recorded sessions and then they'll be able to do it whenever they they can get to it. Mm -hmm. um, there will be like some live sessions that will be scheduled throughout mm -hmm. the course with myself and Dr. Robin, as well as like es um, essays and questionnaires and assessments. But it'll be really, really great because you'll be able to learn at your own pace and uh, it doesn't matter like, you know, what time of day, whether you work in the day or you work in the in the night, you'll be able to do it and you'll be able to get the fullness of the course. All the lectures that are taped live here will be posted mm -hmm. for that course. And we're doing that with all the Dr. Robbins courses. We're doing that with communion with God, abiding in Christ. Um, Kingdom Emotions is great, but I'm telling you, if you haven't done communion with God, you need to do it because that is the foundation of every relational course that we teach at SOAP and the new counselling stream where Dr. Robin teaches us those four keys to hearing God's voice. It's such a prerequisite. I wanted to say one thing um, as we start to wrap up. You know, um, people will say, okay, now we're talking about clear intentions. But why do we keep telling people, well, I'm not interested in your good intentions? You know, people's good intentions. There's a big difference. And I wanted to, I didn't get to say this tonight, but I, again, I'm going to probably just put a little gem here. 
people's intentions are always tied to their perception. Yeah, very much. God's intention is always tied to his character. Yeah. So the good intentions of my heart will always be from how I perceive the and situation. It always, and it always um, points back to us. Yes. And we, we become the centre of it. Yes. And we get the glory for it and we, we become the centre of it. And it doesn't point to the Lord. No. Yeah. So God's it, intentions point to, to him. And it ties back, my intentions always tie back to how I perceive what needs to take place. That's why sometimes someone can say something and they can be well-meaning, but their perception is right off. And then they say something well-meaning, but it adds no life to the situation. You know what I'm saying? But God's intention is always tied to who he is, which is his character, which is never changing. It's a constant thing. It's solid. It's the only thing. So that's why I don't want people to get confused and be like, oh, okay, well, clear intention. We're talking about God's clear intentions here. Yeah, there's not a people's. big difference. And <laughs> our intentions, by the way, they don't turn in. I just show you the difference. Please. Our intentions don't start in the beginning, they come out in the middle. Oh, jeez. But God's intentions start in the beginning of the whole process. There it is. That's a difference. So why is that? Why don't we start? You've got to stir up right now. We said we had an intention to end Our intentions <laughs> are always led by the flesh. Always. And we use our intentions as proof. Yeah, we do. To build the case. You know what? I and don't it have time points for this. to us. Our intentions will always point to us. Whether we're making ourselves look good or we look bad. Do you understand? But God's intentions, I was just thinking about it. God's intentions from the beginning with Abraham yes. was put out there clearly. Mm. Right? Yeah. Every time there's a work of God, you see him putting it out there clearly. Mm. But us, we get halfway through the story and then our intentions come in because it's not working. So our intentions is to help it work. I was going to say, when it wasn't for Sarah, she put in her own, I can. If God won't, I'll do my can. Yeah. <laughs> and then she made her. Stuff and then up. she said to the Lord, Well, my intention wasn't exactly. to break the, the covenant. My down. intention was just to do the right thing. You know what? She built a case in the middle of it hit with it, her baby, intention. Hit it. Oh, my Jesus. Flesh birdie. See, I got questions, you see now. <laughs> I have some questions about this here. <laughs> wow. But you, you made a point, too, that was profound, too, uh, is that going back towards the compassion and the intention of God is just, would we rather be broken? Ugh. Would we rather be right than broken or be broken? Mm -hmm. And I think... 
I gotta live that one still. You know, <laughs> I know. Natalie I know. can tell you she's my wife. I'm not living that one 24-7. <laughs> it's uh, right. Not being broken over being right. I, uh-oh. I think, it, I think that's in communion. Uh, all it is is you can choose to be right even to the point where you hurt people or you can choose to let matchless grace come in where God knows that something's not right but covers it with absolute grace and where you're until you, you, you know better or until you're ready to go to that next step. And where you're, what I said tonight is where you're so broken, it was in the context of ministering to people yeah, as yeah. ministers and knowing that their lives are not where they should be. We're not talking about sinners here, we're talking about believers, you know, and even sinners. And that's where you've always taught us to separate the person from the personality that presents itself or the yeah. behavior. And this is how you can have compassion on a person when you do that. You separate their personality or the thing that's demonically presenting itself and say that's not them and you become so broken because you see that that child of God is allowing themselves to be tormented by mm. this spirit. Even if it's a spirit of hate and rage and they're raging out at you, mm -hmm. you become so broken and you have compassion on them because you say, wow, what place are they in in their life, in their heart, Lord, where they believe that they have to listen to this thing to give it so much power to have identity? Mm. And that's a really big key because I said tonight, um, you know, I gave my example. One time I was just going over a couple of prep forms that I had done in, you know, Dipping Night and my job is to oversee the prep forms, so reading over them and knowing a lot of stuff. I just found myself moving into like a diagnostician mode, mm. like you know, doctor. and I was like, hang on, I'm diagnosing this person. I'm not actually broken for them and what they're going through. Yeah. I'm just treating them like a case. It's like, you know, I said to the class, I said, yeah, it's like I get prescribed in four hours deliverance, go over there, see Pastor Tony, come back next week, see Vanessa, you're good. But where's my compassion? Where's my yeah. brokenness? Yeah. In that to see them fulfilled yeah. you know and so as ministers i said to the class tonight do you want to be broken because god's broken to see his child like that and let that fuel compassion or do you want to be right to teach them the right thing to do remember wholeness will lead to true holiness mm -hmm. and holiness is not perfection that's a misquote. Holiness means right standing with God. But the church has taught us it means being perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's what we do in our ministerial settings. We go, right, you're not perfect. You need to do blah, 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 blah to be perfect. Yeah. To line up so that God can release his miracles towards you or his yeah. healing towards you. But that's not what's going to fuel God's power to be flowed in that person's direction. I, I gave an example tonight with Pastor Robin and I want to share this. My mum has had a lot of people from our family say things about her, you know, from all sides. Mm -hmm. And this week we got into a little bit of a, you know, a place and me and my flesh and my old way of doing things, 
the enemy started to bring up, you know, certain things of the past. And just before I could even go there, pastor turned around and she goes, don't bring anything from the past up. Mm. She goes, because I've forgiven it, so God's forgiven it, and he's forgotten it. Yeah. Mm. And it really set something in stone for me when you said that because (laughs) it was like, wow, that means that 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 pastor is not allowing the right syndrome to pull things up that are under the blood. She's more concerned with that person's welfare that she wouldn't even bring up something that could gain her credit. Gain me points. Gain me points. I'm not interested in in winning points. To win the argument over actually having that person be restored. But But I'm not interested in winning points. I want to just go back to one little thing and I'm going to talk about clear intentions, right? And we're talking about our intentions. Okay, you and I both know a lot of our character is entwined in demonic activity. You know, personalities that need to be set free from us. And God is so gracious and he doesn't make it happen all in one go. Thank God. We would never be able to handle it. And so he allows time to untangle and such like that. Now, here's the difference. Without intentions, and we have this entanglement of personalities uh, that are demonic that have been in our lives for years in in influencing certain things. Would I rather or hold on to that or would I rather hold on to the clear intentions of God that has nothing but purity into it? Nothing but purity. And so it's so much easier just to say, okay, Lord, what was your intention? And he will show you. And then you'll say, well, you know, Lord, you were trying to show that all the way along because you don't start something unless you give the intention of what it's going to be clearly. You need to see that. We don't see that. We think this is this journey is unfolding the next step. Unfolding the next step. No, the steps are unfolded and we need to just walk in those steps. So he needs to give us his clear intention and we need to recognize it. And then work with that, with the Holy Spirit, and not even look to ourselves for our intention, because our intentions are all involved in getting cleaned up. So how are we going to trust that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are we going to trust that, or believe that, and and respect someone else's intentions? See, it's much easier to let the Holy Spirit show you. This is God's intention in the beginning. Now, will you work with that? Because you will then, if you say yes, you will get it flowing through you. Like I said, 
you know, regurgitating, swallowing it, bringing it back up, meditating on it. You will get it so clearly it'll saturate your whole being and then you will be a candidate for a miracle. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. And now that's bringing me back to something else. Um, you said, passionate throughout the course, was would we rather just believe um, our version of ourselves? And that kind of reminded me of something that you were just saying, Dr. Robin, about just the impurities that we're working through, but yet we rather be the author <laughs> of telling God who we are, how we like to do things, what we like, what we don't like, and we don't even know what the true essence of that is and the true intention of why we're even here, let alone. Um, and I mean, just as we, I don't know if we're bringing it to a close. Okay. Um, as we are closing, I think thus far, I'm, I'm just blown away and excited for this course. My friend texted me and was like, um, you know, you're going to get through this homework. I said, look, I need this homework to get me through the homework that I have already. So <laughs> it's going to work hand in hand. As I get free of my emotions, I can get through my other schoolwork I too. So. This, um, this course that he's doing, Kingdom Emotions, is going to just be a freeing. It can be a revelation of freedom. You know, not a, not a package of information, but a revelation of freedom. And I think I took a, uh, a page from your book tonight. I had, I had 13 pages of notes and I just said, Lord, I'm just going to read. Yep. And I just read about six pages. And then the rest, I just said to the <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, you are my son. I just read. I, just, I write 40 yeah. pages and I use four. <laughs> I, just, I just read about six and I just said, Lord. And I felt him just say at the end, you know, it hit, it hit just right on time. I felt him say, nope, that's it. No more. That'll be enough to make them. That'll be enough. To we ended on that high of yep. thankfulness and gratitude. <laughs> and people were just getting it's over that. Place. And I just felt like, nope, that'll be yep. enough. See, that would be a fear of missing out. On my part, yeah, my over intention to prove mm -hmm. to God that mm -hmm. I'm qualified enough, uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. but his intention, I said at the start tonight when I was coming down, I said, Lord, your intention is to not give people information, yeah. your I intention think, is to transform lives, yes, wow. you know. And I believe very strongly that his clear intention is to show kingdom emotion to the people, that they're allowed to have kingdom emotion. And more than that, that he has emotion. Yes, that's what I heard. And it's not just black and white and just do it. There's many shades of colour in between. Do you understand? And then when you get that, you see, wow, this God that I love... Wow, he's so deep. He not only wants me to have emotion, he wants me to know that he has emotion. <laughs> you know yeah. what's funny, Pastor? We talk about the covenant and season casting. Just to finish it off, what you just said, we're going to learn that God has emotion, right? And I'm thinking as to myself, everyone's smiling right now as I'm teaching this. 
But when we get to the part of where we have to let God have his emotion and we choose to shut him down. But that's, that's I hope that's when we learn I, what's yeah. best for us. Yeah, because we're very quick. What I'm saying is, see, God wants us to realise, yes, he has emotion so that we can have emotion. But he also wants us to realise that he's allowed to have emotion. Just like you're allowed to have emotion, yeah. he's allowed to be silent in your life because that's his emotion of testing. Can you be trusted with his intention of love being greater than your reaction to the effect of silence? See? Pastor said it all the time. You know he really loves you when, you can, when he can walk by you and not say your name and nothing in you. Yeah, we want to be touched. Uh, there's three examples here, you know, and, and you may be think about which one, where you're at with which one it is. You could have the Lord come by you and touch you and touch you and touch you and touch you and you feel really good, you know. And then one day he'll come by and he'll touch you maybe once or twice, you know. Think, okay, you're still touching me, you know, because I, I, my whole face is built on him touching me. <laughs> but what about if he can he walk by you and not touch you and trust you with not touching you? Not because you've done something wrong. Yes. Because he can trust you with that position. Or can you trust him that he's walking by you and not left you? Wow, that's it, mate. That's it. That's it. Well, guys, team. Pastor Natalie, yeah. thank you for your input. We got to give you, and you had a gym earlier. We're going to have you on more. I know. Maybe yeah. it's a new season of Portals. I mean, we're coming up again on a, no, did we already pass our anniversary? I think we did because the thing did. was in the summer. Yeah. All right. We don't know. Now. Let's see what God does. Let's see, do the pastor. Let's just <laughs> see what God does. I think we did well. Yes, That's it was great. very fruitful. I, I really uh, had the reality that if we got this, you would be looking for God's clear intentions yeah. in the beginning of the thing. Yeah. You see? But we jump into something and we don't look for his clear intention of the journey of something. Yeah. But if you looked, possibly you'd see he's telling you what your, his clear intention is to take you on that journey. Wow. Well, Spotify, I want to thank you for giving us the time to take a break. It was our intention to take a break, <laughs> but <laughs> we are back now with more and more gems coming in store for you. So make sure you share it with five people like we tell our live audience. Join us on our live audience. We'll see what happens mm. when these platforms change names. We won't change names. We will always be <gasps> Portals. Ooh.
have to get Until the little bit. Until next time. Bye bye now. 